0: Alliance, supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.
1: And a grain alright. and a grain of rice, a, a, a grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that. There's a small bit of a needle there. Oh, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game.
0: Listen <laughs> to Hello everyone, you're very welcome to the Alliance Irish Examiner Gaelic Football Show. My name is Paul Rouse and I'm joined by the former Armagh footballer Oisín McConville and by Colin Boyle, the former Mayo footballer. We will be talking about the decline of Dublin and we will look at football across all four divisions. We will also look at next weekend's All-Ireland Club Final between Kilcoo and Kilmacook Croaks. But the only place to start is deep into the second half of armagh Tyrone at the Gaelic grounds down against the fence. We, and we have an actual eyewitness. Oshin, tell us everything and leave nothing out.
1: <laughs> I was, um, if you see where the row happened, I was standing at the fence at the top end. That's the only disappointing thing, was that I wasn't down, stuck at the other side. You saw nothing? Oh, did I see nothing? I, I sort of had a fair idea of what was going on. Uh, <laughs> from our vantage point, when we get into the ground, Paul, when we got to the ground, uh, we had a queue to get in. And then eventually we were lucky just to get the position we got to because it was absolutely wedged in the Athletic grounds yesterday. The atmosphere was, it was intense. It was like, um, it was like some of the most intense championship matches I've ever been involved in, even as a player. Um, there was a real buzz around the place. It uh, was good, it was good banter, there was good banter floating about uh there was the usual uh witty remark from the crowd and all that sort of thing um it was played at a uh, high tempo but no real niggle in it for the first 15 or 20 minutes and then it sort of started and it was niggle everywhere um there was some of this some stuff went off went on off the ball that uh wasn't picked up by officials and uh if it had been there would have been a few more <laughs> there would have been a few more uh marching off to the sideline. um the row itself um whereas i know the lads described the last night as not much to see here and handbags and all that sort of thing i just don't like this element where you know you grab somebody with a neck where they're not you know 100 percent know what's happening and drag them to the ground um plus there's a there's a a concrete step which sort of runs around which runs around the pitch so that probably makes it even more dangerous but um i think that teron don't like being beat like any uh champions but i think armagh brought something yesterday that they hadn't brought in a while um and the thing i liked about it was when it did when it did hit the fan, uh, no Armagh player backed down, and uh, I think that's what happened in the corner. And I thought Armagh, to be honest, showed great resolve, uh, restraint, even in the fact that you know they they didn't get they were standing up for themselves, but they didn't get ultimately involved. Um, I think David Goff sent out a message yesterday for not just for what happened during that game before. For referees and for how to treat these things, um, uh, for everybody, for every referee going forward, uh, but Armad
0: did get involved
1: because the
0: Tyrone lads weren't wrestling each other.
1: Uh, I didn't say we didn't get involved, but we did show great restraint. it would have been very easy for that to end up in a full, full blown melee. Uh, I think it was down to the Armad players that that didn't happen. That's that's being one hundred percent honest with you, um, as I say, some of the stuff that went on off the ball should have been picked up on earlier, and we mightn't have got to the stage where we got to. You no, know? but look at it. I, I it, it was, a, it was an unbelievable win for for our the football. They played for thirty five minutes was phenomenal. No other, no other way to describe it. Um, there's, there's, uh, there's definitely a lot of things that has happened in the first two games. The thing I like about about what has happened in the first two games. And you can come back to me on the on the row in a second. But the thing I like about the first two games is we played against Dublin and we played in a certain way. Um, and then we played against Tyrone and we were able to adapt our style and play in a different way. I understand exactly, and I would agree with what Eamon Fitzmaurice said last night about conditioning and all those things. I think teams will catch up and be a better Nick. And I think Tyrone are a good bit off where they probably want to be or where they need to be um but um it's very encouraging from an AMA point of view i thought the athleticism and uh all that but i thought the decision making was was it was a hundred times better than it was this time last year and uh, i think that's all you can expect what do you put that down to but, uh, i just think they've worked intently um on doing that i mean i know they're back in the field a, a long time and i think They've knuckled down and they've they've basically looked at what happened last year against Monaghan, and they've gone about trying to rectify all those things. I think we don't look as exposed uh, defensively. Um, we're getting bodies back in there, and I think uh, there's a couple of players I could single out. But young Kieran Mackin, who's come in, you know, was uh, he looks he's just he just covers so much ground and he seems to cover it with ease. So uh, he's he's uh, he's definitely brought us a lot and and the other thing that i like about us at the minute not to completely get carried away but is that um we have we have stuff coming off the bench and we have three or four probably who um still aren't quite there yet as far as fitness goes and who haven't even featured so far so uh there's a lot of positives there um the, the glass was taken off by what happened at, at the end of the, at the end of the game no doubt but I think I'm up. People will put that in perspective and move on to the next game. And I think uh, they have two weeks now to um, to try and iron out. For uh, one of the things, probably, is game management and how they've played in the second half of both games. is sort of, it's it's definitely come back a, a notch or two in that um, we haven't been brilliant in the second half. But if you're winning by ten points at half time you know, all you need to do is kick five or six points, and you're going to win the game in the second in the second half. Because the other team has to kick seventeen or eighteen. That's in modern day football. That's probably not going to happen. So, um, it's a good way to be going about things. Uh, I'd like to see them tested in other ways now. And uh, if that can happen, we uh, be in a great spot. Come, come championship.
0: Colin, um, welcome to the other side of the fence. Um, what would you have done if you had seen those lads wrestling in the corner?
2: Uh, to be honest Paul I, I probably would have done the exact same as what most of the Toronto and Armagh boys suggest say um like I would have been involved in a fair t- a fair few of them in the past I think most players would have been and like initially as ocean used the, the phrase handbags there when when i saw it first i did think it was much to do about nothing really a lot of pushing and shoving and handbags then the more i watched it back, and the more I kinda looked from the different camera angles, it, it didn't look great. I, I think there was a couple of things in it. There was the length of time it went on, it went on for, for a good while and, and also where it was on the pitch. So it was very close to the, the proximity of the of the edge of the of the stand or the, the back terrace. And you could see like they were up against the board and, and there was a load of kids there. And I know that didn't have that didn't have any impact on David Goss' um decisions, uh, but it just it didn't look good. Um the, the other thing from it, I'm wondering where the referees brought in at the start of the league. Usually there's something that there's a focus on at the start of the league from from a refereeing point of view and they say we're, we're going to target this early and, and, and try and stamp it out. So I'm I just wondering where referees brought in at the start of the league and said any sign of a melee, if, if it's just the case that all players or most players are in, pick as many as you can or pick as many as the main indicators as, as you can. And it's, it's no more yellow cards. They're getting reds and they're off and that's it um so that that's a that's an interesting one for me the next time we see something similar in the league will 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 it be followed up on the also thing i'm really looking we're not looking forward but interesting to see is i presume these are all going to be appealed um if it's a case that all five get off then it looks a bit far-skilled to be honest um but the the ga process and and suspensions is 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 a funny one i don't think it's anton we any of us really understand, so it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this speed process goes. I know, um, Fergaloga already mentioned it last night in his interview. Um, but this, that's going to be the interesting thing going forward for me is, is how that goes. If it's the case that all five walkaways got free, then it does um, it'll definitely leave question marks over, over not over David Goff, but over maybe the rules of the game and how we're how we're officiating these type of incidents.
1: Oh, just um, Marty Clark is a really interesting one in on this. And uh, he talks about how the AFL deal with it. And the AFL deal with it, um, they throw the ball up, and you have two choices. You can continue to fight, or you can get on with the game. And, uh, you know, there's a possibility that that may have worked, certainly, as, as column says, in, in how long the row went on yesterday. So maybe throw the ball up and see if people want to fight or they want to play football.
0: The first, the first rules of Gaelic football were were printed on the 17th of January, 1885 and those rules had four different holes of wrestling that were allowed on the pitch. So players were allowed to break off in twos and wrestle with each other while the play continued all around them. So maybe we could go back to that 1880s style thing. The point you make, Colm, about about the appeal process is really interesting. Fergal Logan is um, a lawyer and is well familiar with that process, and it seems to me though that the majority of appeals that are successful are successful not on the substance of what happens but they ordinarily drive a cart and horses through a mistake that the referee makes in his report or in the in application of what is considered to be due process and i do agree that if 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 players getting off that they, and they, players repeatedly get off that it does make a bit of a farce of uh, of the disciplinary system how long though how long do you think players should be banned for having been sent off if they're upheld this weekend? Oshin, how long? How long would you? How long would you give someone a ban for for that wrestling? Uh, a game, one game, Colin.
2: Yeah, I probably agree with that. To be honest, yeah, I think a game is, is sufficient. Yeah,
1: I think I think it's interesting that you know if the GA back up the referee now, and you know they say, listen, lads, you know this wrestling, grabbing somebody by the neck and and pulling them to the ground, is just not acceptable anymore. And, uh, you know, whether they back the ref or, or not, you know, the appeals process is very interesting in this case because, you know, if if, uh, if there is an appeal, I mean, why would a referee turn around next week or two weeks' time and send somebody off or, for dragging somebody to the ground and they realize, sure, he's going to get off anyway. So I think this is an interesting one as far as, you know, whether they back David Goff up and uh, and whether they see this thing through. They've looked at the A now. They sent five players off I mean there's no bigger statement than watching four lads all trundle off together you know four their own lads so they've made a statement and they just need to back it up now and I think if they do we could draw a line in it we're good
2: sorry Paul Just fine point that the wrestling thing Paul like ocean you've probably been in that scenario where it starts and it's literally a case where you can't be seen to stop you know it just keeps going you get into a wrestling match and it's, it's much to do about nothing but it's, it's nearly a case that it if you're seen to back out in it, or if your team is seen to get bullied, that it's a, it's probably a botchel thing as much as Anthony. and it just keeps going on and going on and going on, and I think that's pretty much what happened yesterday. It just spiraled out of control, really, but started from, from much to do about nothing.
1: Yeah, usually it was like that has happened to me a couple of times. Call them cornerbacks, um, usually having a go at me. Uh, and that's usually the way it happens. Defenders having a go at the corner forward. <laughs> Who minded the kids when you fainted during the
0: row yesterday, Yoshin? <laughs> that's the big question.
1: I um, had two. I had two. I had two boys with me. Mean, one was absolutely disgusted, and the other one wanted stuck in the middle of it. So uh, <laughs> one's a, a back, back,
0: one's a forward. Is it? <laughs> I don't know
1: what side of the family they come from? <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so. So I, 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 I take the point that this may be the GA had decided that this is what they were going to do and they're going to stamp down. The thing about it is, I want to read you a tweet from Joe Canavan from yesterday evening, which is kind of sarcastic, but interesting. He put up a screen grab of a bit of wrestling from the dublin Kerry game taking place on Saturday evening. And he said, poor viewing from Tyrone and Armagh bringing the game into disrepute. Typical Northerners trying to ruin the beautiful game wouldn't see it anywhere else. And there's this screen grab of dublin Kerry wrestling.
1: Well, that's it. I mean, there's there's no there's no real consistency, and you know, this is probably the first time that we've seen this being punished in the way that it has. And and you know, if it is a directive and it is something that we're going to do going forward, and as I say, the interesting thing is now how it's backed up. You know, how that decision is backed up, how it's viewed by Crow Park, um, and uh, the next the next week is, is is a very interesting week because I mean, if it's not backed up, it almost like it's carte blanche to go and do it again
0: colin what did you think of dublin on on saturday evening against kerry
1: i i don't think they were as bad as what people made out in the,
2: especially in the first half i, I thought it starts the game quite well against the breeze and it, it was tip for tat very early on 1st 15 20 minutes Um i think in the in that spell they also had three goal chances um i think sean bulger had won um, I think they butchered a goal chance from a from a, their own kick-out, where literally uh, they won the kick-out and carry a push right up. And it was a two-on-one, practically, all the way in from the 45. But uh, Dean Rock was, was waiting for a, a tap-in at the back post, and the, and the hand-pass went over his head. And then, obviously, the disallowed goal on top of it. Um, so that's three goal chances. Like If one of them stands or, one, or two of them go in, you could have been looking at a completely different halftime score. Um in saying that, they carry obviously that 15-minute spell. And I suppose they scored whatever it was, one eight, one nine, 8 that in that spell. If that's typically what Dublin would have done to teams over the years. And they would have done it to us many times and, and obviously other teams as well, where literally they just hit you, they get in top. And with that momentum, they just steamroll you for 15 minutes and the game is nearly dead or it's so hard to get back. Um, so I would, I would take that in consideration that I don't think they were as bad as what people made out. Um, especially in the first half the second half well, it was a non-event really and that was kind of the most disappointing thing from a viewers point of view um, I was really looking forward to that game all week um especially having played Saturday night games in Tralee uh, the atmosphere is absolutely brilliant and if you get a good game it, it, it places really happen and I was expecting that Saturday night obviously the weather was was far from ideal um but I think I, I wouldn't be reading a whole pile into it, and I know people are talking about the Dublin players that were playing compared to what what they're missing. And when you go through it, like it's probably four or six starters from the from the backs. If you ha- if you have everyone fit with Cooper, McCarthy, Merchant, and um,
0: Fitzsimons, probably Fitzsimons,
2: yeah. So like you you go through that, and then you go into the fourth, and O'Callaghan, and Cosgrove, and, and and Paddy Small. Um, look realistically, they're probably going to have thin boys or most of boys come championship, and you're looking at a different team, but I think we all thought this conveyor belt to Dublin players was never going to stop three or four years ago, and I think we see from the boys that played uh, over the first two league games that, that conveyor belt definitely isn't there. So even when they do get all their boys back, they're not going to have the strong bench that they, they once had, where they had four, five, six players coming off doing serious damage. I think that's, that's fairly evident from what we've seen so far, but I certainly wouldn't be writing them off the the one thing I would say about it was the if I was Desi Fair, what I'd be really disappointed about was the team effort really in the second half that they put in. You know, they, they had a strong breeze behind the back, but they never really looked like they were going to have a proper goal. Kerry, um, and Kerry were so comfortable
1: there in the second half. But like I said, it was it was a really non-event.
0: What did you think of Dublin Oisin?
1: Uh, I suppose the thing I continue to be disappointed is just the organisation. Nothing really seemed to have dramatically changed from last week. They definitely looked better in the first uh, 15, 20 minutes. There's no doubt about that. Um, but they still were exposed at the back. Um, so, I mean, that's going to take a little bit of joined-up thinking. I mean, that's for me, that's not just an individual thing. Um, I just think, as I say, their structure is just not what it needs to be. And I think, leaving lads out that out to dry in the modern game against a Clifford or somebody like that is is like it's very unforgiving and, and the thing about um you know Davy Bourne and these lads is they are they're good. They are good proper one on one defenders but like you can there's nobody leaving that much space anymore for for somebody to operate in and you know it's just gonna take a little bit of as I say of, of joining up thinking I think Brian Fenton, you know, is trying to he's trying to he's getting caught between two stools he's trying to you know um have an influence going forward because he realised they're probably a bit laid up there and he's trying to get back in he's trying to and and really effectively he's not doing any of the stuff that he needs to do um I, one of the things that that uh one of the things things on dublin is that dublin've always prided themselves on since I think probably since they played Derry in the league final, and I'm going back to you know eleven or two thousand eleven, two thousand and twelve, and I think that's the day they sort of became stubborn, and they've prided themselves ever since on on being difficult to break down, but still being able to impose their own game. And now they're not imposing their own game, and they're not really that difficult to break down. And I think that combination really hurts you, and that's where you know you start to hemorrhage scores. And when they're hemorrhaging scores, every time they go up the pitch, they're looking for a goal, they're looking for something, you know, really good to happen. And then they need to hammer the opposition's kickouts. Three elements that they really haven't been able to master so far. Uh, that's not saying that that won't improve, but there's a lot of training ground work and coaching work that needs to be done in order to make that happen. And uh, obviously, you know, I, it'd be silly to say they're running out of time, but you want to be practicing that in competitive games. So, but a time like two weeks gives you a good bit of time to get some serious work done. So there's three elements that they need to work on straight away. And if they come back in two weeks and they've worked on them, you know, they can be, they can be a a much improved team. They just need to keep improving and, and stop leaving the defenders hanging out to dry the way they have done. That's okay. Once or twice in each half or something like that, but for it to continue to happen, I mean, you know, Defenders lose confidence as a result of it, and and uh, as I say, you know, Dublin. These Dublin teams are used to winning. They're used to bossing games. They're used to controlling games. That when you when your hemorrhaging scores are like got, it doesn't give you the opportunity to do that, and and uh, that's not sitting well with them at all.
0: I think there's three three basic aspects to it. I think the work rate. Is not what it was. I don't think the chasing and the yep. tackling and the and that savage hunger to win breaks is is what it was. I agree. I agree on the structure, but I think part of the structure is the failure to find someone to play midfield with Brian Fenton, and that workhorse that's needed in there has not been um, replaced. But the third thing can be fixed in time, and that is that butchered goal chance. And it was Larkin Odell who came through with the ball. Now Larkin Odell is an excellent footballer. But he's in his first couple of weeks playing senior football for Dublin. In in a year's time or in two years' time, he will either take that ball on for it or pretend to slip it and stick it in the net, or he'll give Dean Rock a perfect pass for a tap in. But that takes time. usheen it's going to take Dublin time, Dublin players' time to adapt to intercounty football.
1: It is, it is Paul. Uh, but I suppose like the the one thing you would expect is. You know execution of simple things um but again you know that's okay saying that it's you know it's a lot more difficult doing it in real time but there's there's a couple of there's a couple of uh of those players who um even though to us you know they're largely inexperienced we haven't seen that much of them they're very experienced in a dublin jersey you know as far as you know underage football and you know they've obviously you know they play a huge part in what they do for their clubs and stuff. So. Um, it shouldn't be as big a problem as it seems to be, but um, the thing about the thing about Dublin and the new players is that new players in the past have come into a team with maybe twelve or thirteen regulars. These new players are coming in, and maybe there's five, six you know seven players who you know are are established and you can trust and trust each other um and these lads are coming in and there's a lot of new players all bunched together and as a result of that it just leaves things really difficult for them
0: and kerry you um did you write off kerry before the league or did you say you said did win the league yeah have you changed your mind about the championship and their capacity to win the championship
1: i'd like to still talk about the league paul <laughs> and, uh, i'm afraid of being about the fact that uh, kerry Look as if they'll probably win the league, but nothing's changed as far as as uh, as Kerry's concerned. I'll start judging Kerry, Paul, when they, you know, when they play Monaghan, they play Armagh, they play Tyrone, they play teams that are going to make it very, very difficult for Clifford to to um, show his wares the way he did the other night. And what a what a you know that's special for anybody who for any young lad there like and looking on at David Clifford and what he can do is. It's absolutely exceptional. I'll take you back a week. Uh, Kildare shut him down for thirty-five minutes. Tyrone will try and do the same. Armagh will try and do the same. Monaghan will try and do the same. You know. So uh, I think I know where you're going with this. Um, you're trying to set me up for for later in the year, or whenever you know Kerry possibly win the Sam Maguire. But um, as far as the league goes, I knew Kerry would hit the ground running. I knew they would. Uh, be very very difficult to master especially down there Um but there's still a lot of tests for for Kerry They're they're not the finished article I think the two boys in the middle of the field had them in a in a huge way the other night um, so yeah so I'll <laughs> stick to my prediction that they'll win the league and and uh, we'll just we'll just wait and see what happens in the championship but this this challenge was no foregone conclusion
0: I went to um, last Wednesday evening. I went out to the National Aquatic Centre, National Sports Campus and UL with David Clifford were playing against Queens and Queens actually marked him relatively well. And they kind of double teamed and everything like that. And he only scored two, four. It was, it was actually, it was, it was, it was, it was just brilliant to watch him. Just brilliant. He just, he just came came to life anytime the ball came near him and he decided what he was going to do. It was it was it was phenomenal. column um David Clifford, you've shared a field with him. How did you find it?
2: Yeah, I, I actually have, or not didn't mark him, but I was on the pitch on a couple of times. Um yeah, in, in in close proximity, it's 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 some sight. Um it, his his movement, he's a huge man, first of all. Um I don't think people fully understand how actually big he is, and then you throw his movement and his skill set on top of on top of what he has and like it is a frightening prospect. Um that going back to Saturday nights, that line ball that Kerry had, I could literally see the space. I think it was Lee Gannon that was marking at the time. He was on top of the team with them in a one on one and literally from my couch I could literally feel the fear of, of Lee Gannon because though he was literally helpless. But Clifford's movement was was unbelievable for that goal because as the ball has been kicked, he's, he's actually a couple of yards away from Gannon and he actually runs towards him. He runs towards Gannon who's in a standing position and literally hands him off, Two-handed, a two-handed handoff. So Gannon is literally helpless. He gets his couple of yards, he's way out in front and then his turn and his hand pass, like that hand pass looks so easy, but like Oshina Italia, and especially in that conditions, if he floats that a high blown at hand pass, then Moynan has to check his run and he's probably swarmed up by a couple of Dublin defenders, but he bounces it into the ground. Moinen doesn't have to ch- really check his run and the goal chance is still on. And that, that's the difference you're talking about between really top, top quality um inside forwards. We, we,
0: we, When you were playing against Dublin and Kerry or the various teams you played against, who do you think is the best footballer you played against? Who's the best forward you played against?
2: It, look, it's a, it's a tricky one. Obviously, you'd be going into that He'd be going into the Dublin boys, obviously. Um, for a lot of us, um, Kieran Kenny and Cono Conor Callan, and look at Gear McConnelly and the top of his game was probably, you know, up there. Was probably the best best we've played against. Definitely, um, he was again the Morton Clifford, just a, a huge man, physically physically physical man, and, and obviously he would massive battles with Lee over the years, um, but he was obviously he was obviously a huge. A huge player for them. Um, you could literally go to any any of the Dublin players, and then obviously you're, you're talking about Kerry and, and Clifford. Clifford. Um, for for me personally, actually, I think one of the one of the best players I actually physically or marked was probably Paddy Kelly of Cork. Uh, it's going probably back early into the into the decade, but um, he I marked him a league final in 2012, and it always took out with His movement was just something I hadn't seen before, and he's literally he's athleticism, and it was a real eye opener for me. Um, in, in general uh, but he he was a brilliant footballer I'm sure anyone that's marked him or anyone in Cork will, will, will tell you that and back that up definitely
1: For sure, training column, uh, just to prepare yourself for, for these forwards who would you like to pick up who who did you like to pick up in, in training like born or Killian or
2: uh, It's a funny one I probably wouldn't have picked them boys up a lot I would have been out in the half back line a, a bit more but they, they'd all weren't like Kevin McLaughlin was a nightmare just a nightmare because he was so quick and his feet like i've never seen a sidestep like him he literally just shows the ball and he's gone a jink of the feet and he just you're still standing and he's gone five yards past you so he was really tough um i probably like the more kind of physical style player the more player who nearly wants a bit of combat and would be contesting kickouts and looking for kickouts and and, and that kind of that type of player. Um, you know yourself, OJ, and anyone with speed, well, definitely as a back, anyone with speed, you don't want to be going there. So the small and corner forwards or, or Darren O'Sullivan or someone like that where you know if they get the yards, or if they're coming on to a, a ball off a full forward or something like that and you know they get the yard yeah, and they're gone. Like That's that's the nightmare scenario really as a, as a defender and definitely as a halfback.
0: Do you have any relationship with any of those players you played against? As in, would I be in contact?
2: Yeah, no, no, generally not. Um, like, there's a couple of boys, a couple Dublin boys, actually contacted me around the time of retirement, uh, which was which was good of them. But in in generally, no. And but like, I would have between playing international rules and, and all-star trips. Um, obviously, you'd be. It was good to get chatting to lads from from different counties, lads who you're used to really going to combat against more more than Anton. And um, but it was good in that setting to kind of be a bit more relaxed around them, have a chat, and have have a bit of crack and a few nights out and stuff. But In general, no, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have um, any real contact or any real relationships from from anyone from other counties.
0: And the lads you played with?
2: Oh yeah, definitely. I'd be in contact. The the boys that's that's still playing at the minute. I'm generally since I retired, I haven't really been in contact with them because I I don't really want to be talking. I find if I if I if I'm getting in contact with them, we'll we'll inevitably end up talking about what's happened with Mayo and you know um, who's going well and who's injured and whatnot. So I'm trying not to. To be in contact with them boys, not not just yet, but yeah, I'd say the likes of Andy and Andy Moran, obviously, and, and a few boys like that, yeah, I would be I will be in contact with, definitely, yeah.
0: We will be talking about what Andy Moran has done with Leitrim and their great win the weekend in, in a few minutes, but I want to finish out Division 1, first of all. Uh, I have a couple of Kildare friends, and they were giving me a lot of stick last week about not mentioning Kildare, Enough last week that we just talked about Kerry, and in fairness, they were actually right. I didn't tell them that at the time, but they were actually right. We probably didn't talk enough about Kildare, uh, and they did play very well against Kerry. They didn't quite back it up though against Donegal. They, 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 they were game and they stayed at it well to the end. But Oshin, how do you how do you see Kildare?
1: Yeah, I think I think that's part that was part of uh, coming back to Division One. A real good, feel good factor. Pack Newbridge. Uh, you know, players are really going to respond to that. I think the tricky one is, you know, when you head up to Donegal, you know, you've got the, um, you've got the. One of the things that, that they will have realised last week is that Kerry would have let them, in many respects, play a bit of football, and it would have let you know the, uh, Jimmy Halen and Flynn and a few boys. They would have let them express themselves in a way that opportunity to express themselves was few and far between yesterday it's a completely different style of football in that you know as a forward for example just concentrating the forwards for a second thought i thought some of the forwards forward players really poor yesterday um but uh, as a forward you know against kerry you might get you might get 10 12 opportunities against Donegal up there you might get four you might get five and it's whenever you do that and you're trying to force things and make things happen, um, and they're not quite happening, it gets very frustrating. And then what do you do as a result of that? Do you try the easy thing the next time? No. You try even harder to do something special. So uh, I think there's just a bit of a learning curve. Um, you know, it's a bit of a shock to the system going up there and playing against the system that Gall played yesterday. They really, they really are a team who are battening down the hatches really 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 going back to you know what made them what they were um they don't quite have the players to do it in the same manner that they did it. they're not quite as stingy defensively the way they give you opportunities um but certainly there was a real change i thought yesterday um just in the way they went about it so i think uh put those things together i think yesterday was a difficult game for gildare i think um they'll have <clears throat> they'll have better opportunities, as I say, to express themselves, but um, they didn't quite back up uh, last week. Um, they didn't quite bring the intensity that they brought last week. They weren't a million miles away. we were talking little small margins, but um, I thought last week's second-half performance was exceptional, and I think they'll need to bring that every day, uh, unfortunately, in order to even stay in this division.
0: Colm, what'd it like to play against the style of football that Donegal play?
2: It's different, um, definitely, in the, especially the way they move the ball. So they can be quite slow to move the ball, and so as a defender, you probably do have time to to get set up um, and get bodies back, or, or do or do whatever the game plan is. But they they generally don't look for that initial kick pass down the line to a half forward run onto it, and then. A, a ball inside straight away. It's generally most of their fenders tend to carry the ball out, and it can be slow and methodical. Um, I suppose the thing uh, when you're playing against them, especially when you're attacking, is you you have to be patient because they do tend to get the bodies in there, as Ocean says. It's um, it's different than playing the likes of a Kerry, and the likes of a Dublin. Maybe, where there is a bit space, a, a bit more space, and both teams are kicking the ball a bit more. donegal will generally let you work the ball out to a certain extent. They might let you bring it up to the forty five or even up to the halfway and then they're they're set up and they have their bodies there and nearly two lines or three lines of four and they're they're ready to to put the press on them then. But it is frustrating. I think the key I'm looking Mayo didn't do it last weekend but for for Lampers the key then is to is to get in front. I think if you get in front of them it's it's a different game and they have to come out a small bit more. Um what was noticeable last week, going back to last week's game we're, we're not going to talk about it too much with Mayo but they we may oppress them up high and stop them carrying the ball out of the fence, which they like to do. Um, it, it was a completely different game, and you could see actually a lot of the players. Well, obviously the weather was tough, but a lot of the players actually weren't comfortable with that press because they mightn't be used to it as such. Coming up to it, uh, coming up against that type of press a whole lot. So, it's an interesting one for them. For for me watching Johnny Gall, I'd love to see them move the ball a bit more and 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 kick a bit more because I think they have really good forwards. Um, if if they can get the ball in a small bit quicker, and especially when they when they Murphy inside, even though he tends to be playing mostly football out the pitch, but uh, they're an interesting prospect, and I still think they're 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 not a, a million miles away if they tweak they tweak a couple of things.
0: Is it an enjoyable experience to play a match against a team that plays like that? It's enjoyable when you win
2: a chance,
0: <laughs> but uh,
2: otherwise, I ah, look it is, because it's nearly more of, a, of a, a mind, a mental battle more than anything else. Because literally, you have to be so switched on. Because when especially a team like Johnny Gall over the years, when they do attack, literally, if there's runners coming from everywhere, and you, you have halfbacks, you have cornerbacks ghosting in around the back. And literally, if one person switches off, it's going to be a goal chance. And if, if that goal goes in, it could be the difference between winning and losing with the game. So, and uh, look. It, it is enjoyable. It's different. It's it's not everyone's cup of tea. And even watching them watching them type of games now, they're not they're not brilliant really to watch or anything. But to to play in their um, yeah, they're good. They're good. They're physical. They're they're different. It can be a bit slower, right? And it can be a bit more over and back the pitch. And as a defender, or say if you're playing centre back in that scenario, you're just trying to make sure that you're well set up because you know they're just waiting for you to turn over the ball. So you need to have. You don't want all your team gone inside their 45, a turnover, and they're back down the pitch and they've runners going from everywhere. So you're you're trying to really organise that and be con- uh, concentrated on, you know, everyone hasn't got sucked up the pitch and literally one kick pass and they're a, a one-on-one inside or they're just runners going from everywhere.
0: Oisín, w- w- when when Cross played club football, it probably happened more to you that teams played really defensively against you. H- how did you seek to go about, Breaking down defenses who were who were really defensive, who really kind of brought a lot of numbers back.
1: Uh, we used to try and be as direct as possible. We, we suppose we were uh, largely a kicking team anyway, so uh, we used to try and you know uh, try and get to the middle of the field and then put it directly into the forward lane. Uh, we had, I suppose, one thing we had at that stage was we had serious ball winners, uh, so we would find yourself putting the ball in the full four, um, and And I suppose the thing about uh, playing against defensive teams is that uh, Colm sort of touched on it. You have to sort out your mindset almost a week before you go into that game. Do you know what I mean? Because I I, I literally remember playing games and uh, a number of games where I might have 20 shots. I might have 20 opportunities. I could have more. And then you play against a defensive team and you've got six or seven. Yes, maybe it's halved. And uh you're trying to make the most of those opportunities and you realise that how important it is to take the right option. Now, if you can imagine that's one that I played, that is completely magnified now. I mean that is you know, those numbers and and how you use that ball and anybody who's in the athletic grounds yesterday will realise how important it is to use uh the ball in a constructive way, not give the ball away. Um it's almost like, this is what I felt yesterday, on both teams it was almost like there was two or three players who are allowed to think outside the box a little bit or, or play off the cuff a little bit and everybody else was sort of conforming to uh, what they were told or or that. And I think there's, there's players on the pitch who aren't really that afraid of giving the ball away. Um, and I think, you know, when those players are on the ball... Uh, you've, there's a sense of anticipation in that something's gonna happen but otherwise um it's about taking the right option and taking the right option all the time so uh it's a little bit different now I think it's as I say it's more it's more um there's more of a microscope on you giving the ball away even just you know when you're in those games and you give the ball away and you the first thing you hear is the crowd and what they think of it and I think that's that's a that's a huge thing, you know, playing on players' mind. But I think there—it almost seemed yesterday there was a couple of players in either team who were allowed to think outside the box, and and, and the rest, everybody else was more or less conforming. And they did that pretty well.
0: It's really interesting to be to be in a crowd when a team has the ball and they're trying to be patient and work it through. I was watching awfully against Derry yesterday, and Derry were ten or 13, ten or twelve, thirteen points up in the second half, having played with the wind. And they were really well organized, really well set up. And awfully lads had the ball and the crowd were roaring, people in the crowd roaring at them to launch it in. And I was thinking who to, to wear? like there are players all around the place. Just, it's very hard. I think to, to, your instinct is to move it quickly. Your yeah, instinct no, is uh, to try and be progressive. Uh,
1: there was, uh, there's a boy behind me and he continued to shout "Oh Jesus Christ, don't be going backwards. Uh, and I was thinking there's nowhere else to go right now. Nowhere else to go. So, some, but well, uh, some people just don't have the patience that, that others have. Colm, Mayo
0: have had a good start to the league in three points from two games to two, two really tricky games. But they've lost two players, it looks like, to very significant injuries, Tommy Conroy and O'Mid Lachlan. And it's it's very hard on both of those players. And O'Mid Lachlan to come back from... Last year's injury, and it looks like I mean, we, we await news of what well ex- exactly it is, and we wish everyone well. But it looks significant Th- that a, that's a serious loss. Both of those players would be a serious loss to Mayo.
2: Yeah, firstly, I know what else they were hoping at the minute that, that it's not too bad. Um, you know, if, if it is bad, it's you know, you put that on top of Tommy's last year of the week, and it's uh. Just for thinking further down the line, when you're looking for strength and depth in, in your panel, like it is, it, it is two big players gone. If, if if that's the case, hopefully, it's as it's like I said, hopefully that's not the case with Owen just yet. Um, you know, kind of after the Donny game, we're kind of thinking like Jason Doherty is back. You know, he's he, 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 brilliant to see him back. Brendan Harrison has obviously started the last two games, and he's had really difficult years as well. So getting two boys, getting them two boys back after the last couple of years they've had was was such a boost to everyone in the county and then hopefully Killing's going to be back in the next few weeks and Oshi Mullins obviously the news that he was staying um in the last couple of weeks was was again a huge boost for, for everyone in the county. So to get these two blows now I it is it, look at it, it's more it's for the two boys themselves more than Anthlon. It's 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 a huge, huge um loss it's, it, like I said with Owen we're probably kind of, not we're still hoping but um it's 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 it, like for further down the line we're, we're hoping that it won't it won't come back to haunt us but it's uh i know them boys in that dressing room and literally we're, they're so used to boys dropping over the years with injuries and it's literally a case that you just move on you know the next, next man up yeah next man up and james are and the lads would expect the same from whoever it is that's playing no matter what on what any given day so that's going to be the mindset from them guys unfortunately that's the nature of a high competitive sport you just move on you move on with who you have and who's whoever's fit and where to go but i think i think in general james would be happy enough with the with the start in the in the league and the first you know when you look in two games on paper Donegal and monaghan to get three points from that i think it's it could be it could be generally happy you know especially monaghan up in clonus and not having played particularly well last weekend to, to come away with the draw or maybe possibly an undeserved draw but they got to draw, the dug it out at the end. And uh, at times, from what I'm hearing, and I uh, I saw from the game played really good stuff at times yesterday. So, um, yeah, overall, cracking game. Two weeks to look forward to as well against like Dublin and Cold Park. That's, uh, you know, that's one definitely, I think most of the country will be watching, you know, for once kind of the pressure. Will game. you go to that? Yeah, I, I definitely will. Have that pins a to go to, yeah,
0: definitely. It, it looks, though, if we look forward a little bit in the year, it looks like Galway have improved significantly, how how much would you fear Galway in the Connacht Championship? I think the thing about
2: Galway is, well, that Mayo-Galway game you're talking about, it's literally, I think it's the 20th of April or the 22nd of April, it's the yes quarter final, which is so, so early. Um, so the loser of that game, like to me, that's a mammoth game. It's the biggest game in the Championship, early doors. Um, the loser that game is going to be in a really tough scenario because we we're looking at the league at the minute and division one and you're probably going into a lot of teams in division two and this season. any team can beat anyone so if you're going into the qualifiers and you're you're going to have a good chunk of them teams in there you could literally be gone win the championship in may you know what i mean so it's 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 a mammoth game it's a huge game for Galway. to me that they, they do look like they have improved um what I would say is that they probably haven't played the, the better teams of Division Two yet, like Down and Meads look to be struggling a small bit. So I think there's bigger tests for them to come. It looks like it's between Roscommon, Derry, Clare and Galway for, for promotion to division one. But I think I think poor Joyce would be quite happy with their start. Obviously he's got keen O'Neill in there and I know keen from from my time in two thousand and twelve he was with us in Mayo and he, he's a really good fella and he'd be demanding big things with them. But I've no doubt in the back of our choice mind and James Bourne. While, while all these league games are going on, they're just their their main focus will be that game in in the in, in April against against each other. It's just like I said, it's a huge huge game. Galway, they're probably going to be expecting more than what they've got over the last couple of years of themselves. Obviously, it's been knockout in championship, so it's been a small bit different. Um, but they have young players coming through. They won the under twenty All ireland I think it's two years ago, twenty twenty. So they have players coming from that. Obviously, Tierney is is well established at this stage and, and Talokulan and you know a few more that's coming through their Jack Lynn, So they have players coming through and he's he's kind of giving them game time now and experience. So yeah, it's it's, it's interesting times for goal. I think it'd be interesting, like I said earlier on, how they when they come up against the Derry, when they come up against Los Common, I think that'd be a very interesting game as well.
0: Ocean, division three, the big surprise packet, Limerick. Flying through the division, beating Antrim uh, up in Belfast. That's quite the result.
1: It is. And on, uh, on, on as well, Paul, I think the way they've done it. I mean, they've got out of the traps very, very quickly. Um, but Antrim, you know, threw everything at them. You know, midway through the second half, you can just, uh, you can see Antrim getting back into the game. You think, uh, well, there's only one team going to win it now. And uh, I think Glimmer kicked real off the last three points of the game. You know, to, to see what ended up, you know, a fairly comfortable uh, win. Um, I think the the most impressive thing about them is that, um, again, they, they seem to have a a bit of structure. They don't look like a team to me that's going to leak too many goals. And uh, the the they're, they're, they're functioning they're functioning fairly well, okay up front. I think there's there's probably a little bit more work to do, and as far as transition and when they come up against a team like Antrim. Because uh, they had a huge amount of possession against Antrim and just probably um, didn't make the most of what they had. It's probably a game they could have won, maybe even a little bit easier. Yeah, I've,
0: I've I saw them playing last year and I was really impressed with how fit they were. I was really impressed with how organised they were. They were big and raw and really driven, and they just lacked a little bit of polish. And if that can be kind of smoothed out over time, just uh, just skill levels improving, I think there's a serious team. Um, c- coming there, we cannot leave the National Football League without going to Division Four and Leitrim going to Perlis and beating Tipperary, who the year before last were Munster senior football champions. And of course, Leitrim now managed by Andy Moore and your old teammate, Colm. What would Andy Moore bring to Leitrim? Uh, he'll bring
2: energy, I guarantee you that. You can just see. Anytime you, you hear him speak, it's just, it's energy, energy, energy. And that's just the way he is, I'd say, from the minute he wakes up to the, the minute he goes to bed. And uh, I, I think he'll, bring, he, he'll have them organised. He, he, I think he'll get boys wanting to play for Leecham. And I think that's a big thing for a country like Leecham, where you mightn't have that in the past. And you might have a lot of boys saying, you know, here, what's the point here? You know what I mean? Especially when he looks at some of the results in the Conor Championships um, over the years. But I think that's what I think he'll... He'll get boys wanting to play for Leachum and he will bring that energy and he'll bring that enthusiasm as long with Mike and so- Mike Solon, uh to them. And I think you've seen that already in the results, like uh, from what I hear in the really good couple of challenge games before the start of the league. Um, you know, they lost twelve eight to Cavan last week, but in, um, on paper, you know, without help much about the game. That's probably a decent result against against Cavill, um, even though I'm sure they wanted to win it, but to go down to Tipperary and, and to win by eight points, uh it's that's a big statement, you know, and obviously we can probably talk about tip in a minute, but for Leeds, that's a huge, huge result to go down to go down there and do what they did against a team who's been in, in two All Ireland semi finals in the last six or seven years, you know. Uh so yeah, just to come back to Andy, he he will he will give them something that them boys probably mightn't have seen before. And that can be that can just give them a, a step and it can give boys a Read really something, a focus, and like, like I said, they want to be there. They want to play for Leitrim, and they want to improve, and and he will
0: help them with that. And Ushin, It does now look, if we take it that Cavan, they look to be a little class apart in the division so far. It does now look that Leitrim Sligo, ultimately, is a massive game with Sligo managed by uh, by your old teammate.
1: Yeah, and there's probably not too many who would have tipped Sligo to come out of division. Well, <laughs> yeah, can uh, you think of anyone, else <laughs> <seen> the <laughs> I, think, I think 28 points, um, you know, was a very, very impressive score. Very, very impressive score. Um, I think the, even last year in, in some of the heavy defeats they took, I've still, still seen something in Slago. Uh The Antrim and Louth games were games realistically that they could have won. Maybe even well, definitely should have won in down in Antrim. <clears throat> so their team moving in the right direction. Uh, so Sligo and Leitrim will bring on a life of its own, and I think that's what we're looking for from the league. And you look when you have you know a, a a game like that for both of these teams and all that to progress. But I think you're 100 percent right. I think look, Cavan look a class apart. I don't know what has happened, Carlo. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why they have declined. So rapidly in the way that they have, I mean, twenty-eight-five is a shocking result for them. And uh, but but as far as Slave concerned, uh, brilliant start to the league, and uh, and Leeds will be very satisfied in the fact that they've got Calvin uh, out of the way, and they'll expect probably to uh, to be very competitive, if not win the rest of the games.
2: I think London is nearly the story of the yeah of the, nearly so far. But the, I think they got they won again yesterday. You know, at two two years not beat. Not to be honest, I don't know how to do it over there and how to get bodies together with, just with the logistics, everything, and an unbelievable achievement. to Come back this year, win the first two games in the league. I think up there with uh, definitely our for the for the story of the league so far.
0: Yeah, they're 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 incredible people in London GA, and I I would I'd like to put in beside them though the work that's going on in New York. But even in the north of England, like Warwickshire and Lancashire are playing in the National Hurling League. That, that, that is that is only possible because of outstanding dedication from what is usually a small group of volunteers who 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 keep that going. And it is it is it's, it is a remarkable achievement and it would be very interesting. It'll be very interesting to see if London can build a little bit on, on, on what they have as people start going back into the place and 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 post-pandemic, how life in London has changed to facilitate people training will be interesting Interesting to watch. Before we finish, just to talk about the club final um, on the weekend between Kilku and Kilmakul Croaks. Oshin, you fancied Kilku from a long way out.
1: I actually, I'm on record as saying, uh, I think after a couple of rounds of the down championship that there's no way they could win a down championship and they're way back on where they were. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've actually seen I've seen a couple of early rounds in the Down Championship as well. Uh, I wasn't that much, and I tipped into Newry to watch them. And uh, there, was, there was one game in particular. Uh, they played Ballyholan, and they were absolutely horrendous. But they won by a point. Uh, <laughs> uh, they just, in fairness, they have kept improving since. Um, I think. A, they have a unique way of playing football. They have a unique way about going how they go about it. Um, it's not for everybody, but they are. Um, they love it, and I think the the dedication that those players have shown over the last, uh, I'd say, Paul, even ten years, and they've had one mission, and that was to win in All Ireland. Nothing else. They have it written up on the you know in the change rooms from uh, as I say, whenever they started to. Uh, become dominant and down, and I say they one mission. Uh, they failed the last time, and you just can't see that will, somebody's suppressing that will to win anymore. They just, they just look like a team who are on a mission and, and destined to win a, a, an All-Ireland. I think they'll find it tricky in Crow Park, uh, and I think Kilmercud are at a massive, massive advantage in the fact that they've had a couple of games under the belt there already. Um but uh if you were to put me to Pinamie Collar, I I would think that Kilku just seem to have uh at this stage just seem to have too much will and they're they will they don't mind how they win the game. Genuinely don't mind how they win the game. So they'll have they'll have the work cut out because they'll ha- they'll have to um temper. I I love that Kilku Kilmakud um half back line. Uh, yeah, same here. Yeah, brilliant. Very, very good. I think the the impression that they have left on the championship breakthrough right any of the games I've seen through Dublin, uh, uh, the Leinster games, and, and even in the semi final, uh, you know how good they are defensively and how much they give to the team going forward. But like a bit like Column did in the heyday as well, and I think the thing about that is it's trying to suppress that, and I think if there's a team to do that and nullify that think a coup could be that team, and they'll frustrate Kilmauk enough, uh, and get enough scores just to get over the lane, I think.
0: I think the big story of Kilmauk croaks is over the last couple of months the rejuvi- rejuvenation of uh, Rory O'Carroll, who has been absolutely brilliant at at, at centre back and has dominated matches. But the spread of players that could have, uh, there was they looked to Mannion, they looked to Paul Mannion all the time previously, and Paul Mannion is an is an incredible talent. But I think a lot of other players are now have now pushed on a bit in that forward line, and they're they're really good footballers. Column have you seen much of them?
2: Yeah, I did. I've obviously watched a couple of games, the Linster final and and the semi final, especially that that were on TV. Just going back to your point about Manion, I'm just wondering when it comes down to the the straight, the home straight with 15 or 20 minutes to go, will will that when we see? they really miss Mannion. and they've been they've been brilliant without him so far but i think just when it comes to it that just extra bit of class and that poor man they're so used to doing it in big moments that's when you could see really the effects coming into play of 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 the loss of him um cincuse is is such an interesting team i think Oshin mentioned there about their game you know going to crow park Will they be able to do that for 60 minutes, uh, you know, 60, 65 minutes? It's such a, a high-intensity running game where they just literally come in waves at you. And, you know, Crow Park will probably will suit them. Uh, Kim McRod have obviously got the experience of playing there over the last, you know, a couple of games, not the semi final but a few games before that. So it, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, the point Oshie made there about coon being there before a couple of years ago and having that, you know, defeat probably similar to in 2018 and coming back again last year you know that defeat of a couple of years previously probably served them well and they experienced it the whole day and the whole occasion so i'm sure that's in the back of their minds and that's probably serving their serving them well in their preparation coming up to to the final you know but it's a really i'm just one game i'm really really looking forward to Two almost contrasting sides of are a small bit more methodical with the they'll the ball a small bit better and they might work it out you know, through the hands possibly a sim- bit similar to what Dublin were doing over the last couple of years. Um, it's, it's similar in the way they moved the ball. But, yeah, it's a game that, uh, I'm really looking forward to, I have to say.
0: Thank you. Uh, before we finish, Oisin, um for those of you who are on audio, this won't work as well, but if you're looking at it on the YouTube, Ushin, will you talk us through the paintings you've done on the wall behind you there? There appears to be a unicorn on your roof. Is
1: that correct? If it's maybe just, that's a unicorn. And then we've got two sets of goals and stuff. Ah, just something I was doodling at, Paul just some he's <laughs> during lockdown and that, you know. I think they've, <laughs> I think they've, I'm happy enough with them. I think they've come out fairly well. Don't know what you think? Maybe well, not, did you
0: do the, the mural sad. to yourself? that you have on your back wall of the house as well? <laughs> is that?
1: That's Cool Holland. That's not even me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Cool Cullen with your face on it. <laughs> Very nicely done.
0: Um, thank you. Everyone, we're finished. Thank you to Larry Ryan for running this podcast, to Raf Rocka, to Tony Lean, to everyone at Examiner Sport for making it happen. A huge thanks to uh, to Oisin and especially to Colin Boyle for joining us today. We'll be back soon. Alliance supporting all thirty-two counties through the Alliance Leagues.